Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now you can bet on any NFL game this week with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score in a game can win $100 in free bets when a team scores, you score. Just remember to use the code PHNX when you sign up. Cheerson Susel here with Derek Montia in for Johnny Verbal and uh, his horrific internet connection. <laughs> we appreciate you so much for stepping in in Johnny's place. Actually, I appreciate you very much because it was just last week that I had to do half a show solo because of that that dang internet. So thank All you, right. Eric. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just me when I did the show with Johnny, but much like Colt McCoy, uh, don't don't plan on me taking up uh, you know, taking this offense very far with in Johnny's absence. Let me just say that. <laughs> I have all the faith in you, Derek. <laughs> anyway, do you know what? Do you know what today is? Today is um, an anniversary, a big time Cardinals anniversary for something. Do you know what happened on this day exactly one year ago in 2020? I do not know what happened one year ago this day. It is the one year anniversary of the Hail Murray. The Hail Murray is now <laughs> in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't know oh. if it's a permanent fixture, but when I was there a few weeks ago, uh, when the Cardinals were taking on the Browns, I saw the pylon, one of the pylons that was on the field during the the play, and uh, it is recognized right now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. How could we forget? It's the best Cardinals, the best play oh. in Cardinals history that pretty much nobody saw in person. I'll tell you how we forget is because 2020 was such a disaster of a year that it's hard to remember anything that happened that year. It's hard. It's hard to not think of things that happened in 2019 as happening last year. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's just all a mess when it comes to my memory during the pandemic. I will say this though, uh, that play made me actually run outside of my home and just, <laughs> run around like my neighborhood doing laps out of excitement. Like that was one of the few times in life. I didn't know what to do with myself after, you know, like it was like celebrating in my living room. Wasn't enough. It needed to expand out outside. And again, probably the pandemic uh, played a little part into that, but yes, I do remember doing laps uh, outside of the, the cul-de-sac uh, facing my house. It was, it was good times. That's incredible. One year ago, you were outside doing laps, and now you're inside on a podcast with me. Yeah, my, I know, oh my, right? things can change. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, hey, I leveled up again. That's a, that's a level up. <laughs> All right. Well, Derek, do you happen to believe in curses? I do. I absolutely do. I, okay. I And I hate to say that. I'm not a person that tends to think other people are being reasonable or rational when they truly believe that there's a curse against their team, or more importantly, that something they're doing as a person impacts uh, their team in a game. Like how, how, how they're, what Jersey they're wearing, uh, what, if they're wearing their hat inside out, uh, any of that, this is coming from a man that stood on a particular tile in my house during the Cardinals Super Bowl run, because I felt like yeah. it was giving them, extra luck in the second half. I don't know how to, uh, how like, it's so ridiculous and I don't, I can't explain it. I will happily tell someone they're being stupid when they, when they think that they affected their team really winning because they weren't watching or were watching the game or whatever. 
but Kirsten, I, I stood on that tile for two whole quarters and didn't move <laughs> because I felt like I was changing things. The tide had turned and it was because of me. That's incredible. Well, then this next topic is right up your alley because, well, we're going to start with, we all know about the Carolina curse and we're going to get into that. Mark. That involves the the Cardinals. But first, the Washington football team and FedEx field in particular might actually be cursed. So unfortunately, Chase Young tore his ACL on Sunday versus Tampa Bay, but that opened up a larger conversation about FedEx field. So there was Chase Young, Ryan Fitzpatrick suffered a hip injury earlier in the season. He's likely out for the rest of the year. Alex Smith, remember that horrific leg injury? Literally nobody is going to ever forget. Almost killed him. That happened on FedEx Field. Uh, RG3 tore his ACL. Joe Joe Burrow tore his ACL uh, last season. Adrian Peterson, years back when he was with the Vikings, tore his ACL. But not just on FedEx Field. Specifically, the northwest end of FedEx Field. And that's just like a (laughs) handful of the injuries. There's more. All in the same area on one field. What do you think? I'd say just blow up that end of the field and start over. I I don't know. Like, is this at all related to the construction or or anything of, of the, of the turf of the field of the grass is like, is there any correlation or does it just so happen to be, I guess, coincidence that this many injuries have happened. There's a supernatural energy going on. I'll tell you, man, the field I'm convinced it's, it's weird because Washington has a lot of bad energy as it stands, right? Like they're called the Washington football team because somebody, a single person outsmarted them and copy and, 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 and owns all of the names that they could potentially use. Hence what they're like, they're like trying to wait this guy out. This guy will die with these names under his ownership if they do not pay him for whatever name they want. Right. So like, it's weird that they they bumble all of this stuff. I, I wouldn't be surprised for them to have negative bad energy around this team. It's just uh, that many injuries start make it, it makes me think of Madden, right? Being on the cover of Madden. Is it a coincidence after a while? Or <laughs> I mean, do you really start to question whether or not you want that responsibility and potential, you know, career ending injury? I don't know. That is another great point. But yeah, it doesn't just affect the Washington football team. It affects visiting teams as well. So I don't know. All I know is I'm glad that I don't have to step foot on that field. Something's for sure going on on the northwest end of it, and I want no part of it. Something's going on at State Farm Stadium, let me tell you. The Cardinals can't win there. I don't know what's happening. They're playing terrible football here at home, and it's frustrating uh, to watch, let me tell you. Well, my theory on this team is I just feel like they play like the more adversity that stacks up against them, the more they like get up for a game. And I honestly think that they are just a little more focused when they're on the road, because I think all but maybe the Niners game, I think they were underdogs for every 
every game. And then I believe they were like slight favorites against the Niners, but they were still like the conversation was still like, oh, you don't have Kyler Murray, you don't have all these pieces, there's no way they're going to win. So like the conversation, regardless of like what the line was or who was considered a favorite in it, was still like there's no way the Cardinals are winning. Like I just feel like the storylines when they've been on the road have been ones that they just get excited to be able to prove people wrong. And I just feel like maybe they have a little less of an edge when they're at home. Like I, I don't really know. That's like the only thing I can come up with. It's, it's the, I guess it's the old adage of like playing down to your opponent, right? They, they prepare well and they're ready. They get up for the big games and then, you know, they have the games against the Jacksonville Jaguars that look that they looked very bad for a significant portion of the game and then could turn it on all of a sudden and show what we thought that they could do against a team like the Jags. Uh, this game against the <laughs> this this game against the Panthers was terrible. And I mean, I am guilty of falling into this trap of thinking, wow, Colt McCoy did a solid Kyler Murray impression in this first game. But uh, you know, it's it's not sustainable. It's not something that can last. It's something that teams can f- figure out pretty quickly. You know, uh what you mix it with the the bad uh handling of the ball and, and everything that went with the turnovers early on teams got the, the Cardinals got themselves in such a hole that it was just, you know, pathetic at, at one point, as far as this game goes, I just can't believe how much I truly believe that they were going to still show up for this game. I, I really did. I believed that in this game, they were going to show up against the Panthers because of, of just how much the Panthers have beaten up on them over the last 10 years. I mean, it has been an incredible lack of success against this team when it comes to, and I'm sure they were, I'm sure this was just more of, you know, Colt McCoy's inability to be effective uh, against this defense and, and the Panthers being more ready for us than we were for them. It just, man, it, it, (laughs) it was a, a terrible game and one that I didn't, I wish I didn't watch all the way until the end. I wish I would have just shut it off halfway through. Honestly, if I wasn't paid to cover the Cardinals, I would not have watched <laughs> that game beginning to end. I feel like it was crappy football and I'll never get that time back in my life. And I'm yeah. so glad for these games because they make you appreciate what you've got. Because for the most part, as Cardinals fans and somebody who has to watch every game, Uh, beginning to end we've been spoiled because they haven't lost many games and for the most part we are lucky that we get to watch solid football every single Sunday and there's been two games actually I didn't I didn't particularly care for the Texans game that's for sure even though the Cardinals won that wasn't necessarily a good display of great football from both teams but we've only seen it like a handful of times other than that it's just been super fun to watch this team And, you know, you got to give credit to Carolina for the tone that they were able to set early on. I mean, that I'm sure was their game plan from the start was, you know, to force turnovers, to frustrate the Cardinals, jump out to an early lead. And, you know, somebody was was mentioning this to me after the game. They're like, well, I don't really know how much like Cam Newton really brought like energy wise to this team and like how much he played into the way that they 
played out there. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's you've got, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you've got a guy who is no stranger to the Panthers, had a ton of success in Carolina, but then a guy that you just probably want to root for, like, is so excited for the opportunity to be back on the field. Nobody would give him a chance. We're in week 10. He gets signed midweek and he goes out there and he scores two touchdowns early like he's been yeah. he was out there for two plays and scored two touchdowns and like the, the same person was like oh well you know they would have found a way the, to score from a few yards out anyway I'm like yeah but right. when Cam Newton's the guy that's doing it and he's so freaking jacked up like you're if you're his teammates you're gonna get jacked up too just because of that and then when you see PJ Walker out there, a guy who, you know, no, not to take away from what he was able to do or the type of quarterback that he is, but a guy that played in the freaking XFL, you know, like now he's out there and he's, you know, he, he played just as big of a role as Cam Newton did. Um, and, and, you know, of course you can't leave out Christian McCaffrey, but when you've got like two quarterbacks that are your second and third string guys, one that was signed off the streets, essentially midweek that are leading your team to, the largest deficit that the Cardinals have faced, uh, which was 20 nothing, uh, they hadn't faced a 20 nothing deficit since week four of last year, which was against the Carolina Panthers. Your teammates are going to rally behind that. And it was full, all momentum on Carolina's side the whole game from the start. I, I, I think the thing about that is people tend to forget that Cam is a Carolina legend, right? They didn't want Cam to leave, but Cam left for the fact the fact that he comes back now kind of humbled and kind of in a similar role as the Panthers <clears throat> are at this point in the season. <clears throat> Underdogs that not a lot of people believe in. And at that point, at this point, they've kind of written the Panthers off for the season because I think the record, uh, you know, th they're obviously still in it considering where we're at in the season. But, you know, the record kind of doesn't show that they're on a on a path to making the playoffs or doing anything successful with their season. These two things came together against the team with the best record in NFL in this game, right? You can't tell me that that first touchdown didn't fire up this team and that didn't just catapult them from that point in every facet, offense, defense. Look, Cam, Cam is old enough now that most of these guys grew up as junior high and high school players idolizing him, right? I mean, oh my that's, God, is he that old? He is that old, and I hate to say that, but with the with the youth of some players in this, oh NFL, my gosh, he's thirty two. Why I'm did I saying, think he was like a few years younger than that? Yeah, so it's just one of those things that at this point, right? You have a lot of young guys on this Panthers team. You can't tell me that seeing somebody like Cam come back to this team didn't get them fired up enough, right? That that already fires them up, but for him to be active in this game when most quarterbacks wouldn't be because they wouldn't know the offense this soon and they wouldn't feel comfortable being active in a game that they're not prepared for. Cam knows he's not going to go in there in the necessarily in the, in the QB one situation, but he got the exact touches that for instance, Johnny knew he was going to get and he converted. He did what he needed to do. I think the bigger factor there is what you said though, just, the X factor, the thing that fired up the team, the, the thing that got it going. They executed a, a great plan on defense. They attacked Colt McCoy. They made sure he was uncomfortable in the pocket. They got to him. They sacked him. They made him fumble the ball. They made him turn over the ball. It was, you know, 
they they had more turnovers in the first quarter of this game than they've had all season long. It was you, you have to give credit where credit is due, right? I, I for me at for the Cardinal side of things, it's more troubling that it wasn't just Colt McCoy. Yes, he put them in a bad position in, in a lot of situations. The defense couldn't stop Carolina though, and you know Carolina still marched down the field and scored several times without the Cardinals being able to answer. So the the offense sucked, but let's be honest, the the entire team sucked in this game against a Carolina team that they should have shown up for a little bit more defensively, I feel like. Yeah, it was mind-boggling to me all around. I mentioned this yesterday where I was like, you could definitely say, you know, it's one loss, although they have lost two of their last three now. You know, you could say, you know, point to what went wrong against the Packers and point what went, point out what went wrong against the Panthers and say, like, okay, different situations, you know, AJ Green. You know, you could kind of dissect them and say, like, you know, they, it was just two different situations and unfortunate losses. But for me, I just keep going back to, like, this wasn't supposed to be that team. Like this is the team that's supposed to be like, ha- have like incredible leaders and like the right mindset and like the, the amount of like, like focus and energy week in and week out that you need to be not a, a playoff team and beyond. And like, we haven't, we've just been complimenting them so much in that regard that when they have a loss like that, where they get, get their butts beat by a really poor Carolina team that I think had lost five of their last six heading into that game, which is nuts. It just wasn't, this wasn't supposed to be a team that just doesn't show up to play a crappy team and loses, gets demolished and embarrassed in that way. And that for me was the most disappointing part of it all. It reminded me a lot of the ASU loss to Washington State. But the difference there is even even with all I can say about how terrible ASU was in the first half of that game, they still battled back. They still showed some fight. Yes, they lost, and yes, they lost by more than one score, but they battled back. The Cardinals were able to do nothing in this game, and that that was the most hopeless part for me in watching it. I didn't want to necessarily see them come back and win as much as I at one point just wanted to see them put up a fight, put up more than a field goal or two, put up, you know, some sort of points against this team. It, and I think for me that that troubled me, along with the fact that the defense just flat out shit the bed in this game. They just didn't I mean, again, the offensive turnovers put them in a bad situation in or you know in the, in the first half in the first quarter. Yes. But explain the rest of it to me then, right? You know, explain the other, I don't know, 14, 21 points that they scored that weren't off turnovers, you know, in the Cardinals side of the field. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that anybody can really even begin to explain exactly what happened. They were outcoached, outplayed in pretty much every phase of the game. So it was just an unfortunate loss. And it's interesting, speaking of curses or supernatural things or whatever you want to call them. So Cam Newton has actually had like this long list of milestone career moments Ugh. that have come against Arizona. So most of them are good. There is something that's unfortunate. But uh, so in, in 2011, he had his NFL debut versus Arizona. That's a milestone moment. 2014, he led the Panthers to their first playoff win in nine years. Uh, 
against Arizona. In 2015, they win the NFC to go to the Super Bowl versus mm. Arizona. You guessed it. And in 2019, end of an era goes on IR week three versus AZ. So that was not good. But then 2021, he starts a new chapter mm. versus Arizona. I don't like and it. And he became the storyline of the game because he was able to score a couple of touchdowns and have the amount of success that he had in that game. And and, and the whole I'm back video clip is pretty instantly iconic, which I hate. It feels like the last time the Cardinals beat Carolina was in the playoffs when they when they went to the Super Bowl. Not Carolina, but when the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl a long, long time ago, it feels like forever. And it's weird because we don't play the Panthers that often, yet it somehow feels like we're losing to them every single year. It is the Carolina curse that we cannot seem to figure out. So they have lost six straight to Carolina. So if you bet on this game and you bet for the Panthers to upset the Cardinals. He definitely won some money. The cards opened this week, three point favorites on the DraftKings Sportsbook app against the Seattle Seahawks. If you bet on Arizona, hopefully you're going to make some money this week. If you had lost your bet over the weekend Um, But if you want to get in on the action and have not downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app, do so now. Use the code PHNX. As I mentioned earlier, if you bet a dollar on either team to score, you can win $100 in free bets. So there's an easy way to ease your way into sports betting rather than picking a winner. Just pick a team to score, which is most likely going to happen. If they score, then you score. Again, with that promo code PHNX this week, on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. As always, though, it's 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And before we move on, Derek, have you heard about the block party that we're having for the Cardinals-Rams game on Monday Night Football? Heard about it. I have cleared my schedule for it. I will be there (laughs) 100%. First, you guys take over a bar. Now you're taking over a whole block inside of Westgate. I love it. I'm so excited for it. Once again, like all you can eat, all you can drink, and like not just like Natty Light, like it's all you can drink, drink. like cocktails. Seltzer. Best nachos seltzer. I ever made in my entire life was at this yes. event last time. Let me just tell I you. Some bomb nachos. They left the guacamole seltzer. completely unattended, just for you to understand <laughs> how much guacamole you can put on your nachos at this event. <laughs> I was a big fan so of that. That's where the guac went. That's where it went. Yes, constantly, constantly. <laughs> uh, but, but it was a blast. DJ, giveaways uh it's a complete takeover we're teaming up again with the lola and bird gang travel club to put on this big event and we're gonna do it big much bigger than our tailgate party that we had on thursday night football uh again it's an entire block party so get your tickets while they last i believe they're right now they're 55 dollars, but the closer that we get to the game that price is going to go up which it definitely we definitely saw that 
for our tailgate party. People, you know, were waiting till the last minute to purchase them. And, you know, the, t- the prices had gone up. So get your tickets now. It's worth every going- dime. Let me let me just interject and say it is worth every dime. $55. Think about how quickly you're going to spend that in a bar. This is all you can eat, all you can drink. Not to mention the fact that it is a, uh, it's it's the tailgate vibe. I love the tailgate vibe of football games. I swear to God, I will go to football games just to tailgate. And then when the game starts, I'll pack up and leave. And people will be like, where are you going? I'm like, I don't have a ticket. I just came here to hang out with you guys and tailgate. That's the best part of football sometimes. <laughs> but, I, you know, this is this is that on, you know, uh, in, in Westgate uh, with all you can drink, all you can eat, delicious food, great, great stuff, great atmosphere. Plus, if you win something that's Cardinals related, you go over to Frank Sanders and get him to autograph for you. And and like, there you go. Your day's instantly, instantly made. I owned a Frank Sanders jersey in my life. So I just want to say on this podcast that working with him is an absolute pleasure for me personally. And I wish I still had it because I would totally get him to sign it and frame it. That's awesome. You and Saul both were were obviously big Frank Sanders fans. That's, I, that's, that's pretty fun. I had a weird, I, I don't know how to explain it. I don't want to insult anybody, but like I always had a weird thing of rooting for guys that people didn't typically root for. So like, I always like to get the jerseys for the other players that I was a fan of on the team that didn't necessarily get the love, you know? So that my, my, jer- my closet was filled with Suns and Cardinals jerseys of, of guys that few few people at times remember, but I remember and I hold deep in my heart. And I'm not saying that about Frank. A lot of people remember Frank. <laughs> I was like, don't worry, Derek. I won't tell him you said don't that. Tell about him. Him. Said that. <laughs> Just tell him the part about the jersey. Don't tell him the part of the other stuff. You know? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it's interesting. The Cardinals actually were one of four division leaders in week 10 to be defeated by a team with a losing record. And it's for the second week in a row. So four teams for the second week in a row. Uh, So this week it was Carolina, Miami, Minnesota, and Washington who entered the week with a uh, 500 or below win percentage and defeated a team that began the week in first place or tied for or first. So eight total teams in the past two weeks uh, have fallen into that category. So it's not just the Cardinals that had bad luck. And if you want me to go through the games, I can again. Well, obviously, we know Carolina beat the Cardinals, but Miami beat the Baltimore Ravens. I lost money on that game. Minnesota beat the Chargers and the Washington football team knocked off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So something interesting has been going on in the National Football League the last two weeks, Derek. Well, I I think there's a lot of parity in the league. I think it's hard to plan sometimes for some of the teams that aren't having the same success because they are, you know, bringing in younger guys and and there's not as as much film. There's not uh, that same ability to prepare for those teams. I think there's also the same thing that happened to the Cardinals, right? The, the teams that uh, the underdogs, the the bad quote unquote bad teams, every single time they play one of the top teams in their division or one of the top teams in football, that's their chance to try to prove that they're not a bad team and prove something, even if their final destination this season isn't the playoffs or the Super Bowl. Those games that they have during the season that against big opponents 
are kind of their games they step up for. You know, I, I remember the Cardinals being like that at a time where the Cardinals, you know, you just as a fan, all you could hang your hat on was, well, we beat, you know, we beat Green Bay in that one game, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Just because that team was so good, your team wasn't, and you at least held this victory over that team during the regular season. It, it was meaningless in their their season. Like, oh, yeah, they lost three or four games, but they still went on to do great things. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to say other than that. I think that, you know, it's football, right? It's it, any given Sunday is an expression because any team can win at any point. College football is a mess right now because of that same thing. There's just there, there's not this ability for teams to separate and really become elite because the talent is all very good and it's all very close. The Cardinals have two or three games that could have gone the other way for them. You know, they they haven't had a bunch of blowouts or anything. They could have easily lost against the Vikings. The Jaguars game, even though they did, you know, come out on top, it it, it looked like at times who knew which way it was going to go. So I mean, there there's the the if the Cardinals lose two or three more games than they're at right now, they they look like a mediocre middle of the pack team. And their games have been close. Their games have not been you know huge blowout wins. Yeah, I would say you know yeah. You hear it all the time what you just said. You know, any team can beat any given team on any given weekend. That's true. But some of these losses are like shocking. Like the two and six Washington football team at the time beating Tampa Bay, and Tampa yeah. Bay has now lost three games this season. You know, you're not going to continue like a dynasty and just like never lose a game for, you know, like ever. But to, for them to have lost three games this year, that's a little bit surprising to me. Vikings beating the Chargers, you know, we saw, and you just mentioned, you know, they they should have beat the Cardinals. So this Vikings team, even I think they're better than their record shows. So maybe that one wasn't that surprising. But haven't they had two or at least one loss in overtime? I think the Vikings, right? Like so, yeah. Like they're they're one of those teams that their record isn't great, but if a couple of those situations would have gone their way. Uh, they'd be in a much different position than they are right now. Yeah, I would definitely say that about the Vikings. Uh, but the two and seven Miami Dolphins defeating the Baltimore Ravens, I never saw that coming, which is why I bet my money <sighs> on that game. And they just disappointed the crap out of me. I never saw that coming. And the Panthers, we didn't, I mean, the only reason that anybody had any sort of reservations for this game is just because of what has happened in recent years and specifically what happened last year where the Cardinals should have beaten the Carolina Panthers. They were the inferior team by far. And that was the same situation uh, with this year's team as well. But, you know, we, we, we had recent history to point to, to say, okay, this is definitely not a team to overlook. But if that was not recent history, we would have been like, you know, this is a cakewalk. Like the Carolina Panthers had no business beating the Cardinals. The Dolphins had no business beating the Ravens and the Washington freaking football team had no business beating the Buccaneers. So those, yeah. in my opinion, are like crazy losses. They they are. No, and you're not off base with that. I think uh, like Baltimore has proven to be uh, bipolar, it seems like, because Baltimore is such a good team at times. And then other times you have no idea what you're going to get out of them. Uh, it's kind of like that wacky loss that the Buffalo Bills had last week, and then they rebound and do exactly what you would expect them to do this week against the Jets. 
I, I, football is is definitely unpredictable like that. Yeah. So, so last week was because I mentioned it happened two weeks, like four teams for back to back weeks. So it was the Kansas City Chiefs defeated Green Bay, but they were a 500 team and they're still the Kansas City Chiefs. So I would say like right. that's not a shocking one. But yeah, the one in six at the time, Jacksonville Jaguars defeated the Buffalo Bills. That's that right. was shocking. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, that, the that Broncos was beat Dallas, which was which was shocking, and they beat the freaking socks off yeah. the Falcons this week. They yeah, they <laughs> really did. They really did. We had we had jokes about that game during the tailgate session with Saul, but man, I'll tell you, I was not expecting the Cowboys to come out like that. Right? And it it just go it goes to show week to week. You know, you you call a team a fraud one week, and then they come back and look like that. Now. The Cardinals don't even have the respect this week of being in the byline, right? The byline is all about Cam being back and Carolina's big day. But there's no, like, Cardinals suffer shocking loss headlines or anything like that. Uh, You know, I think that coincides with them not really being ranked you know, in, in, you know, number one in, in the, in the power rankings for a lot of people. And I mean, it, it, it just kind of, goes to show there's a general lack of respect for this Cardinals team you there's you and I though know Kyler Murray we we were worried we we were scared we said Kyler Murray is the one guy you don't want to lose everybody else to a degree can be replaceable can you know someone else can step up Kyler was the guy and you know we definitely saw that in this game I did drink the Kool-Aid a little bit after the Niners win and was like, oh, they can definitely beat the a, a team like the Panthers with Colt McCoy. Like he's a super solid backup quarterback. And I was all in on like thinking that they were going to be able to beat the Panthers, <laughs> you know, without Kyler. But obviously I don't even know if it was like all a Colt thing or if it was just like poor game planning for having Colton and a combination of like being down some of your offensive linemen and DeAndre Hopkins and like all things considered. But um the run yeah. game was rendered ineffective, right? And so that was another thing was and James Conner didn't run the ball enough. No, they didn't. They didn't and they didn't have enough Eno Benjamin and uh but Connor was completely ineffective. Somebody who you can normally rely on, even if it's just a, a handful of yards each run, two, three yards you can typically rely on him always coming out positive and he was getting stuffed behind the line constantly. The The Panthers just stopped the Cardinals in every way. I, I have a hard time explaining it because again, we knew that they were going to get a heavy dose of the run game in the previous week and everything seemed to work out. Colt looked good. He protected the ball. He didn't turn it over and he did his best Kyler Murray impression when it came to running the team, the way Kyler would the, the pace that he set uh, the, just the way that he did things, I think I said it was it was like watching someone do a really good Christopher Walken impression where you're just like, oh, wow, that's really good. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that to be that good. It felt like that at times with Colt. Right. But it was it was fleeting and it was against, you know, not not a great team. Carolina is not a great team, but they are definitely better defensively. And it showed in this game. They disrupted what the Cardinals wanted to do. And the Cardinals had no plan B. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. And it just like, I think the conversation after the Packers loss was like, oh my gosh, are we going to have a repeat of 2020? 
where they started off great and then fell off the wagon and missed the playoffs. And it was like, you could chalk it up to just one loss against a really good football team. I mean, you could argue that the Packers are the best team in the NFC and we'll get the chance to argue that in a second, but you know, so it was not like it was a bad loss by any means. It was a frustrating loss for sure. Yes. But nobody would look on paper or like look back and say, oh, my God, the Cardinals lost to the Packers. They're definitely going to look back and say the Cardinals lost to the Panthers. Really? They signed Cam Newton like a few days before and he came in like the whole storyline just sucks. Right. And now, yeah, you've lost two of three and you know, Seattle got shut out and looked awful this weekend, but who's to say that they're not going to come out looking like, you know, first off Seattle is one of those teams where, you know, they could be having a bad year and they certainly are, are having a, a bad year this, this season, but never underestimate what they're capable of, especially when they're at home and especially when they're playing in the division. And luckily the Cardinals have had success recently, uh, you know, not only against the the Seahawks, but on the road against the Seahawks in Seattle. So, but you just can't underestimate them. I don't care how bad of a season that they're having. And, you know, Russell Westbrook just returned. So he probably was super rusty and, so, uh, you know, you, you just never know with that team. But now you're at risk of losing to Seattle and having lost three of four heading into a bye week with, like, just a terrible taste in your mouth. And, you know, I just feel like they're – like, this is such a must-win game. And I know they say week-by-week mentality, et cetera. But truly, this Seattle game, in my opinion, is must win just because of like the tone that it's going to set heading into the bye. Like you just do not want to head into that bye having lost three of four. I just feel like that's just like that crushes the morale, you know? Yeah, no, I get you. And it's like they say, they try to say momentum isn't a real thing, but I just don't believe that. I think definitely is. I think your momentum can be killed. I think your confidence can be killed. We talked about it a lot with this, with the bad Arizona Diamondbacks team that I cover uh, all season long. But when you go into a game expecting to lose or hoping you don't lose, it's a different, it's a different feeling than when you're a team that thinks you're going to win every game or forget that knows you're going to win every game. The Cardinals had that level of confidence. And even after the green Bay loss, they, they still, I think had that level of confidence injuries, all of that happened and impacted this team. But I still feel like that wasn't a bad loss. I've said this before, but I, I, it's like a fantasy football loss, right? Like I would rather lose in fantasy football by 50 points rather than 0.83 points, right? But they're both losses, right? So now analyzing these two situations in real life with real football teams actually playing the game, I will say that I would much rather take the close game that they had against the Packers rather than this ass-kicking we got served by the Panthers. The Packers game, at the very least, you're against one of the elite teams in the league, and it came down to the last play of the game that you a- had the opportunity to win the game on. I can't, I have no answers for this Panthers game, right? And I think that you're right in the aspect that this team needs something positive. They need a win, they need something to go into the bye week with. 
and you know just feel good about themselves and their their chances their ability to play football their chances at winning the the championship in this league this season i am happy i will say this i don't like being undefeated and i just say that because of the amount of pressure that then starts you know mounting for every every game it's just an unnecessary extra level of pressure my end goal for this team is to see them win their first super bowl as you know the Arizona Cardinals. So if if they end up with a three or four losses on the season and still make the playoffs and can still, you know, get to the end goal, then I, I don't care about losses like this. I hope that losses like this are a building, you know, or a learning opportunity. I hope it pisses them off. I hope it makes them so mad that they never forget it, right? Because it was against a team that they expected to win against and they punched them in the mouth. I want them to know that that can happen on any, you know, on any night against any team, despite how good or bad that team is supposed to be. When you start going into each game, kind of thinking that, that, you know, that, that, that this team deserves your respect, but you know, you can beat them, that that's a different level of confidence. And I, I think I, I I'd rather that it happen now than happen closer to the playoffs or, you know, happen in some capacity where, it really shakes their confidence as, as you know, as they get into the more important time of, of the year. Yeah. I don't mean to keep repeating things that are points that I made yesterday, but we talked about after the Packers game, the Ted Lasso mindset of having the memory of a goldfish memory and of a just goldfish. absolutely forgetting that loss but this time around I don't think you want to forget that loss like I think you want to freaking remember how you came out lackluster energyless and got your butt whooped by a team that had no business whooping it and do not forget it because hopefully they'll never repeat what they did on Sunday and definitely not one that you want to just like quickly forget about for sure. Like they need to have this as fuel from here on out. No, they absolutely do. And I mean, again, it's, <laughs> it's, this is one of those situations and I hate to bring up bad memories, but it's a little bit more like Earl on, uh, on Ted Lasso, right? They, they, you want this one to sting. You want, you want, you want to be not maybe as sad or as broken up as Danny Rojas was, but you might want to write <laughs> Cam Newton's name on your shoes and never forget about what happened this day. Right. It's, it's just one of those things that can happen in football. And again, no matter how bad the team is, right. It, I think it makes it, uh, it, it always makes it worse when it's a bad team, but these are all professional athletes and this can happen to any team in, in the national football league. The Cardinals have a lot of things to address, you know, defensively JJ Watt was the only guy that they were missing on Sunday. So there's not a lot of excuses there for them to, I mean, fall back on when it came to their defensive performance. I've seen this team be excellent, even in the red zone. And yeah, I know, I, I know that they were, on their heels from, from the get-go. But I, I think more than anything, I was really disappointed with how this defense, this defense played. Uh, and I just don't know what the real answer was for it. I, I think that you have this happen to Cardinals when we play a quarterback that's relatively unknown. You expect them to feast, and yet somehow the unknown quarterback has a career day against us, and it seems like it continues to happen. 
Well, let's wrap things up with a pulse on the NFC. In your opinion, who is the top team in the NFC? Oh, that's that that's a tough question because like you said, so many teams lost. Uh I would say at this point, unfortunately, I'm probably looking at the Rams, but I still I still personally think because the Cardinals hold that win and because they were without Kyler Murray, I still think the Cardinals at 100% are the best team in the NFC. At the time that we are recording this podcast, the Rams are losing to the San Francisco 49ers 14 to 7. I'll be curious to see how let's, this game ends. Let's hope that continues. Yeah, because the the Rams are in danger of dropping to 7-3 on the season and then obviously losing another division game which is very key for the Cardinals would be uh, a great thing for them if the Niners are able to knock off the Rams. And if that's the case, you've got yet another NFC team that's been upset by a team that's at 500 or below this week. That would mean five teams this week and four teams last week, which is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Again, as we're as we're talking right now, this is just the second quarter. So who knows what the outcome will be, but definitely something we're going to, turn on right when we're done recording this podcast. But I would say it's really hard to pinpoint it because I feel like Rams, Packers, Bucks, Cardinals, Cowboys can all be in that conversation. You know, like yep. the Cowboys, we, we all these teams have had, uh, except for maybe the Packers have had like bad losses recently. The Packers would be excluded from that. So I don't know, like I'm sort of, I'm sort of leaning towards, because the the Packers lost to the chiefs, but I believe that game was when Aaron Rodgers was out. So, um, I mean, I don't know. Kyler Murray was out. So maybe they, geez, at this point, you know, I don't, I don't really know. It's really hard to pinpoint. Like, I don't know. It feels, like my- it feels reactionary week to week, right? Like it feels like you're just right. going on the waves of, you know, who had the best week, who had the biggest week, who showed out like it, it going based on that, right. The Cowboys, I think would, would kind of be the tops because everybody else had a difficult week and the Cowboys blew the doors off the Falcons. Right. But still, I don't think that I don't think of the Cowboys as being one of the top teams in the or, or the top team in the NFC. Yeah. I would say if you take a look at Rams, Packers, Bucks, Cardinals, Cowboys, I would say these teams on any given week, I would not want to bet against Sure, like these teams for sure have the the power to beat any team in the league like you can put any one of these teams against each other and i would be like yeah i don't know who's gonna win i really don't yeah um you know you've got aaron Rodgers, tom brady kyler murray um you know dak and what the cowboys are able to do um and uh and the and the rams you know, we we know that the Rams have uh, only upgraded in the last few weeks, and so um, again, very interesting to see what happens tonight. But I, it's really hard. I think I don't even know that you can crown like the best team in the NFC right now. If if I had to crown one, I'd probably give it to the Packers, and that's also because they you know they beat the Cardinals. But um, I think the Cardinals are still very much in the mix and should not be discounted or left out of that conversation by any means. 
It makes it so much fun. It really does because honestly, most of the time, like regular season records are meaningless anyway. We once you get into the playoffs, just like any other sport, it's a completely different game. I think that it, it's fun to see these good teams kind of all bunched together. And you know, I it's not going to be a surprise to see these same teams, you know, get themselves playoff spots and and face off. It's 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 going to be a dogfight, and and the Cardinals still have a lot of. I think a lot of things that they need to improve on before they start, you know, going too crazy with championship aspirations. But I, I still feel like they're there and, you know, injuries and stuff are going to happen to all of these teams. So it, it's really a matter of who can get there, be healthy and and perform well in the playoffs. Well, I think you said it best. It just makes things interesting and exciting the fact that we have so many great teams in the NFC to kind of compare to and and watch and root for the Cardinals to stay go. in that conversation, and I'm sure they will. And I'm certainly excited. We'll talk about it throughout the rest of the week, but I'm certainly excited to to see the Cardinals take on the Seahawks. It's a game that you know fans get up for, and players typically have no problem getting up for just because it's a vision game. So hopefully, a, a very exciting game ahead of us on Sunday. Absolutely. Another tough test before those playoffs come along because it is not an easy place to play up there in Seattle. All right, Derek, I appreciate you once again filling in for Johnny. Anytime. Johnny Venerable with the awful internet. And um, hey, join us more often, by the way. Don't be a stranger I, to the I show. We appreciate you. I, I love coming on and talking Cardinals. And it's it's been a, a fun team to watch uh, get better and better. And now you know, they're going through the adversity. So it's, it's now going to be fun to see if they can handle that adversity and come back out on the other side, uh, hopefully as champs. Well, just a reminder, if you have not subscribed to our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts or our YouTube channel, please do so. Follow us on social media at phnx underscore sports. And if you love what we're doing, want to help support us on this journey, become a member of the family. Go PNX go phnx.com. When you sign up to be a member, you can get a free t-shirt of your choice from the PHNX Locker, which has some fire t-shirts, especially so Cardinals t-shirts, Suns t-shirts, D-backs, Coyotes, uh, even ASU, U of A. Uh, we, we love the gear that we have up on phnxlocker.com. Or you can get your first month for just 50 cents, depending on which option you choose. All right, Derek. Thanks again. Thank you. And have a good night. Let's go Cardinals.